Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So... This is going to take a while to explain everything, but stay with me because it it all comes around eventually. So my very first car was a dark green 2000 Volkswagen Jetta. It was the most basic of basics when it came to cars. No options whatsoever except for like an automatic transmission. It was $300, slow, dumpy, no right headlight, drove straight with the steering wheel practically sideways, let out a cloud of white smoke when it started. Every stereotype of a poor high schooler's car that you can think of. My car, it was no exception. Despite it being just a a piece of German excrement, I loved that car. I drove it every chance that I had. I don't think a day went by that I didn't drive it in fact. I named it Thunder Bunny. She was my baby. My beautiful green baby. But Volkswagens from that generation, Jettas especially, had a pretty bad flaw in the automatic transmission. I'm not sure exactly what causes it, but essentially the transmissions gradually get worse and worse until the car will just not shift into third gear. And there's not really a thing that you can do from there too. So, a couple of weeks after Halloween in 2019, I was going about 30 miles per hour when the engine just suddenly roared and the car wouldn't speed up. I feared the worst and my fears were justified too. But my dad, a mechanic, didn't even have hope for my baby. She was gone already at this point. And so, much to my dismay, we started looking for a new car. It only took about a month for us to find her, a dark green 1999 Volkswagen Jetta, exactly like my old car, but absolutely everything. 
She was faster, had heated leather seats, auto windows, auto sunroof, everything that you could think of. All except for an automatic transmission. Now, I knew how to drive manual, so it was pretty much perfect. And I had a new baby from crackhead neighbor girl. I loved that car even harder, named it Little Boy, and was so happy that I had another car again. So... I have a, a few more quick things to explain before I get to the main story, but it's important, not vital to the story, but still important. The first is for people that might not know, but when you have a manual car, you cannot leave it in gear and take your foot off the clutch. If you do, the car will stall, which is bad obviously, so if you do leave your car in gear, you need to turn the engine off before taking your foot off the clutch. If you don't want to turn the car off or have it turn itself off, you need to pull the handbrake or it will roll away. And you can guess what the only really broken thing on my car was at the point that this story takes place. If you guessed handbrake, yep, you're right. Anyway, now that I have that out of the way, now to the story. So, I started working as a pizza delivery driver in a smaller growing town in Michigan. It was good money, but every once in a while I delivered to an incredibly sketchy place and have even had a few shotguns pulled on me. But one night about, I would say two months ago, I was delivering on a Friday. Usually Fridays are very busy, but this day I was a little bit slow. So when a delivery came in at like 8.30, half an hour before we closed, I jumped on it. I realized that it was 7.1 miles away, so all the closing jobs, they would be done by the time that I got back and I would have been able to leave immediately. But it was way out of town in a sort of wooded, surrounded neighborhood. But again, no work when I got back to the store, right? Seemed like a good deal to me. And I'm all about those sorts of deals. So I climbed into my car and went to drive the 7.1 miles away. As I pulled up to the house, I began to just get a really bad feeling though. The house was a, a small trailer park type neighborhood next to a lake. The kind that the houses are all a good distance apart with a likely druggy problem. And it was completely dark. No lights inside, none outside, nothing. There was a single car in the driveway though and an open window on the side of the house. I pulled in behind the car in the driveway and just sort of sat there for a moment. I just couldn't shake this feeling that something was off about this place. Maybe it was the house being completely dark. I mean, there wasn't so much as a nightlight that I could see. Usually when I deliver to a dark house, there's at least a light on upstairs or something that would signal someone being awake, waiting for the pizza. But the house just seemed dead. Nevertheless, I... Put the car in gear, turned off the engine, grabbed the small, cheapest pizza that we had and got out. Without my headlights on, there was nothing. I could barely see the house, in fact. The only light was the dim moon at this point. I walked onto the porch and passed the big open window to the front door. As I reached the front door, though, I saw it. The door was slightly cracked open, just enough for me to see into the void of the house. Thinking of every single horror movie that I'd ever seen, I said aloud, stuff this, and I hurried back to my car. I'm a tall, well-built looking guy, but despite my wide shoulders and baggy hoodie, I'm a bit of a frail thing and can hardly fight off a small dog. 
so I got into my car and turned on my engine. My headlights illuminated the house and almost simultaneously the living room light behind the big open window lit up and the single guy looked out and walked to the front door. I cussed to myself and weighed my options. If I went up to the door, I, I could die, right? If I noped out of there, then I would 110% be fired. That meant no new car part, no gas money, no cute dates with my girl, just sitting at home doing virtual schoolwork. I know, it was a stupid choice, but I grabbed the pizza and opened my door, making a choice that I'm glad that I made. I took the car out of gear and climbed out. Mostly so my engine would still be running so that if I needed to, I could run back and immediately take off. I walked to the door where the man had opened it the rest of the way at this point. As I got closer, I also got a good look at him. Now, I'm not one to judge a person based on their physical appearance, but this guy's head was cleanly shaven and was covered in tattoos. He was wearing a pair of grey jeans and a white tank top. He had a scowl on his face that was staring me dead in the eyes. I looked past him for a moment into the house, which I then noticed was completely empty. As I got close enough that I started opening the pizza bag, he started to reach around his waist and I stopped. He was staring at me too with the most evil grin that I'd ever seen. And I knew in that moment that I was about to die. I had always heard your life seems to flash before your eyes. I thought about my girl, that she wouldn't know what happened. My work would stop delivering upon my disappearance, assuming that my body wasn't ever found. My dad would regret telling me that he was happy for me landing this job. But man, someone was looking out for me that night because that was when I heard it. That distinct sound of gravel under tires. And I watched as my only pathetically small chance of escape was now rolling away. I didn't even look back at the car to know that. I just stared at the man and was about to say, man, screw this, when he looked back to my car and I heard the sound of the car rolling and it was getting closer. The guy's eyes went from the driveway to behind me and I finally looked over my shoulder and my car had rolled backwards and had come to a smooth stop near the mailbox of the house. I looked back at the guy who had a really nervous look now. He looked back at me and scowled again and took his hand from his waist. He reached into his front pocket and took out $12 and handed it to me. I gave him the pizza and watched him slam the door shut. And at that, I ran back to my car and practically tore the door off trying to get in. I looked back at the house and the man was standing in the front window just staring out at me. You better believe though that I nearly spun the tires on my way out of there. I kept glancing at my mirrors until I started driving under streetlights and it was easily the scariest moment that I've ever had. As soon as I got back to the store I told my boss about it and she called the police. We never did hear anything about it. I assumed that they went to the house but probably only found a small cheese pizza. After this though I started carrying a knife on me at all times and my boss is considering getting trackers for our pizza bags too. But you know what? It's only recently that I realized that this is sort of a bit of a butterfly effect story. 
But what I mean is that I, I thought it was the worst thing ever that my transmission went out, and I cursed my Volkswagen for designing such a terrible automatic transmission. But if that transmission was still working, then I would have still had that car when this happened. I would have put the car in park and it would have sat there while whatever would have happened, happened. I have zero doubts too in my mind that this man was planning on murdering me or something. And all I can say is, I thank God for terrible handbrakes. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So to start off, I would like to give a bit of context. This happened four years ago. I'm a girl and at the time that this happened, I was 12 going on 13 in just a month or two. But the friend I mentioned in this story was 14 at the time as well. The friend, Sally, who I was staying with that night, 14, was quite a bit older than me. At least at the time, the two-year age gap was quite big. At 12 or 13 years old, I was about to start my second year of middle school, whereas Sally should have been about to begin her sophomore year of high school. I met her in the beginning of my first year at a new school. She was older than the other kids in our grade and was considered one of the popular kids, and I think that that was what drew me to her at first. But we became fast friends, and before we knew it, we're spending pretty much every single weekend together. Seriously, like every single weekend. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary too. It was our typical Friday night. We carpooled to her family's apartment after school. I've always been a bit of a picky eater too, so when her family had dinner, I didn't eat with them. I just snacked on the Pop-Tart that I stowed away in my backpack in case they ordered something that I wouldn't eat. Something to note too is that her family was pretty religious, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they were fanatics or anything, but they didn't allow their kids to watch horror movies or anything that was rated PG-13 or older. It didn't stem from their desire to protect them from something inappropriate or anything. Sally's mother had an irrational fear that scary movies actually had satanic messages. We asked to watch The Purge, and her mom obviously said no. After some negotiating, though, she agreed to let us watch Hunger Games instead. Now, after the movie, Sally and I went to hang out in her room. She put on some music, and being the age that we were, we gave each other makeovers. By the end of it, we were looking much older than just 12 and 14, and this part of the night is when things started to seem off to me. You see, Sally wasn't the most positive influence, but despite being my best friend at the time, she was manipulative and got off on putting me down. 
she had a really bad habit of talking to men online and also lying about her age. Sally showed me some texts between her and this man that she was talking to. I can't give you the exact recount of them, obviously, but they consisted of him trying to convince her to meet up with him and just the usual things that you would expect from a creep online. According to him, he was 19, tall and blonde with soulful blue eyes. Once I saw the texts, I asked if she had a picture of him. Something just didn't sit right with me after seeing the messages. She showed me what he looked like and he was very clearly not 19. This man was at least 40 and looked like he lived in his mother's basement. Then we got a call from him. Sally answered without hesitation. And when I heard the voice on the other end of the call, I felt like I was going to be sick. You're so pretty, why don't you come and meet me, he asked. Sally said that she couldn't because she was spending the night with a friend. And the mention of that seemed to spark his interest. He then proceeded to try and ask us both to meet him. Sally, lacking any common sense, said yes too. And thus begun her plan for us to sneak out and walk 15 blocks to meet him in a deserted McDonald's parking lot. Obviously, I really didn't want to go. I was raised on stories of what happens to teen girls who meet random men from the internet in person. But after adamant pleading from Sally that she didn't feel safe going by herself... I stupidly agreed. We took our phones with us for the walk. I had a kitchen knife stuffed in my briar in case something were to happen and I needed to defend myself. The route that we had to take to get there didn't have very many street lamps and there weren't any houses either. In fact, we were completely surrounded by trees on both sides of us. When we got to the parking lot though, the only car parked nearby was a black beat up 2000 Toyota Corolla. The car was still running when we got there too and from what we could tell there was more than one person inside. The man from the picture got out of the front passenger seat and left the door open behind him before approaching us. I turned my flash on so that I could see and he was obviously on something. I can't tell you what kind it was for the life of me but his eyes were so wide that they looked like they were about to pop out of his head. He was jittery and kept twitching and I became very conscious of how big he was, maybe 6'2", around 280 pounds. For reference, my friend and I did not look our ages too, even without makeup. I'm about 5'2", my friend was pretty tall, probably around 5'6", or 5'7", and we were both significantly smaller than he was. Anyway, when the man got to us, he reached out for us and caught my friend by the arm. I went to get my knife out as quickly as I could and that's when I saw his friends getting out of the car. He invited us back to his car and offered us booze and drugs but after seeing my knife and that I was ready to call the police, he released my friend. I took Sally's arm and ran faster than I ever had in my entire life. We took the long way home to avoid them finding out where she lived in case they were following us. Once we got there, her family was still sound asleep. We locked all the doors, closed the blinds, and blocked him on everything. There wouldn't be any sleeping that night. We were constantly peeking out the window, and to our dismay, that same Toyota was circling around her apartment building. Not once, not twice, but three times. 
I never mentioned any of this to my parents out of fear of getting grounded or in trouble. I'm 16 now and they still have no clue. But I still get nervous when I see a car similar to the one from that night. As for Sally, her parents never found out either. We agreed to never speak about it again and thankfully she moved into a new house just a few weeks after that happened. Safe to say too that now Sally and I haven't spoken in like three years. She was allegedly really angry at me for ruining her night and our friendship just didn't last for that long after that. We actually had a, a pretty bad falling out but looking back on it now it was definitely for the best. So I guess the moral of the story is don't sneak out at night folks and meet strange men in McDonald's parking lots. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I used to sleep in a room that my grandfather used before he passed away. He moved into my house the last two years of his life because he was left alone after my grandmother passed away and needed help being taken care of. But before that, I slept in a garage converted to a room, but we ended up needing the space for storage. After my grandfather passed and his room was available, I moved into his room. When the bed shaking first started happening, I took my mattress off and flipped the bed over, thinking that maybe rodents had somehow got inside the mattress and I was feeling them run around inside of it. That's somewhat what it sounded like too, just light but rapid tapping of the mattress at many different spots underneath me. I inspected every inch of the bed and mattress, but I never found anything, and nothing on the floor either, no trace of any animal or anything. But it would always start happening when I'd shut off the lights and as soon as I sat up in bed, it would always stop. When I would lay back down, it would start up again after a minute or two. And it got to the point where it would wake me up after falling asleep. I ended up being very sleep deprived for as long as it lasted. This went on for about three months. After the first month, I got rid of my mattress and bought a new one, but the problem persisted. Sometimes, out of frustration, I would slam my fist into the mattress in hopes that if there were mice or some type of a living creature that somehow had gotten into my mattress, that me hitting the bed very hard a few times would make it stop. But it never did. 
I would also place my hand between my body and the mattress to check and see if I was having some type of muscle spasms at different parts of my body, but there were no spasms. In fact, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was causing it. When I would sleep on the sofa in the living room, I didn't experience the issue, but the sofa just wasn't comfortable to sleep on, and I would only sleep in there on occasion where I wasn't so exhausted from sleep deprivation that I was able to fall asleep while being uncomfortable. And then it got to the point where, well, I was afraid to go to sleep. I was a grown man who doesn't believe in the paranormal, but I was afraid for whatever reason. I guess it's because it's so bizarre and I just couldn't find an explanation after all that time spent trying to figure it out. At one point too, I went out of town with my brother and stayed with my aunt for the weekend and it was really refreshing. The bed didn't shake and I slept really well. I even talked to my brother and told him the issues that I was having at home, but he never had any issues like what I was experiencing. It changed though from just an annoying occurrence into something that was scary after I stayed the weekend at my aunt's. You see, normally when I would sit up in bed it would stop, but it changed all of a sudden to where it would keep going after I sat up and I could really feel the bed shake and hear the bed creaking as it shook. But below my bed was just empty space. The floor was about six inches below the bottom of the bed. And then one day it just stopped. I never felt anything out of the ordinary. Just after one random day that it just stopped. But for weeks after I was still afraid when I went to bed. This happened several years ago and I still sleep in that same room. But I'm wondering if anyone has ever heard of anything like this happening to somebody else. I'm 100% certain that it wasn't my imagination too. I clearly felt it and heard it for a period of weeks, every single night, and I was wide awake when it happened, to the point where I was like getting out of bed and flipping the mattress and everything. But it's just so weird when I think about it. I took a very scientific approach to try and understand what the heck was happening, but in the end I came out completely empty in finding any explanation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, I've always been kind of creeped out by the house that me and my mum have lived in, but it's gotten a little out of hand lately, I think. I always got that kind of feeling like, oh, someone's in the room with me right now, or someone is looking at me, and I would always check around to find nobody there, though. There are some pages posted around the halls. We rent an apartment in a house owned by someone else, with a bunch of writing on it that I and my mum could never figure out, and that added to the creepiness, I suppose. Either way, though, my room has two windows, so there's lots of natural light. I used to have sheer curtains and pretty much keep them open constantly until my parents came home one day and said that they saw someone outside of my window watching me. It was dark out. I'll tell you that story if anyone wants to hear it, but 
The neighbors here are terrible and always are messing with us, so I always just assumed that it was them being creepy, but now I'm not so sure. I hate being alone here, though, even though I'm a huge introvert and alone time is awesome. I just always hear noises, though, that I can never figure out where they're coming from. There's always scratching in the walls, even though we've checked many times and there's no evidence of vermin. And recently, things keep falling around the house, too. I thought that maybe it was paranormal, but I'm even more scared that it's actually a real person. It just happened again, and that's what triggered me to share this, because currently I'm home alone, and I kept hearing noises around the house. As usual, I kept my door open, lights on in the main house, and cat on my bed. I kept getting up to check on what the noises were, in case of an intruder or anything, right? But there's nothing like normal. But then, I hear a really loud crash from the bathroom, another side of the house. I took a curtain rod for safety, a real useful right, and went to investigate, and I didn't see anything suspicious. That is, until I looked up. You see... We have a drop tile ceiling, or whatever it's called, just in the bathroom for some reason. Nowhere else in the house, which is weird, but it's like those school ceilings. And one of the tiles was completely pulled out of place. I used my handy curtain rod to push it back into place, got my cat, he ran off to investigate the loud bathroom crash too, and a knife for security. I've already texted my mum... I don't want to say anything out loud because if it is really a person then they might hear me. But it's not really possible for those tiles to support someone's body weight but something definitely moved it out of place and there was some loud noise that happened along with it. I don't know what the explanation could even be. Couldn't be the neighbors, there are floorboards between their floor and our ceiling. Unless they have some sort of a creepy crawl space to our apartment. Plus... I can hear them upstairs right now. They're stomping around and screaming at each other like usual. Whatever it is, I don't want to even know about it, but I think that I'm probably going to find out pretty soon. When I was a kid, about 12 to 13 years old or so, I wasn't in the best home situation which meant that I spent a lot of time running away from home, hiding in my room, or walking the streets at night. But my home, outside of the terror of my parent, wasn't the safest either. It was a three-bedroom ranch, no larger than like 900 square feet, with front and side doors that no longer locked correctly. Even with the deadbolt, one good push and it would swing open. But my brother and I, we often slept in the living room with a baseball bat, just in case someone tried to come in. And one night, while sleeping in the living room, our side door began to shake violently. At first, I thought it was our parent coming in from the garage, and I did my best to pretend to be asleep. Unlike my parent, who would have pushed the door open by now, the door was still closed despite the shaking. I tried to wake up my brother, but he wouldn't get up, so I ended up grabbing the bat and walked to the door myself. Since it was one of those kitchen doors with the window, I left the lights off and crouched to avoid being seen. I could see the gold doorknob being jerked back and pushed forward rapidly. It was never turned though, so I relaxed. 
It was probably a friend from down the street messing with us, I thought. So I peeked through the curtain to see who held the knob, but quickly noticed that the screen door over the main door was still closed, which meant the doorknob was sealed behind its latch. No one should have been able to grab it without at least cracking the screen door open. When I looked past the screen door, I noticed that there wasn't anyone there too. In disbelief, I opened the curtain door and looked all around the door, which was still shaking from the knob. I decided that this had to be someone messing with us too at this point. I mean, it had to be, right? I didn't know how or why, but it must have been. So I grabbed the doorknob with my free hand, but released it almost just as quickly because it was freezing to the touch, as if someone had stuck it in the freezer or something. Well, fed up and annoyed now, I turned on the porch light and swung open the curtain, ready to catch them in the act. But to my horror, there wasn't anyone there. Like I had suspected, the screen door was closed all the way, and the frame and bottom covered up the doorknob. There was no one hiding by the car or on the other side of the house or ducking on the porch, but the knob was still shaking. Lost for words and thoroughly terrified at this point, I just conceded and turned back towards the living room. I had to wake up my brother, and as I was rushing back to him, I suddenly just heard silence. There was nothing. The knob had stopped. I turned to look back and in front of the door, inside of my kitchen, was a tall pale man with dark shaggy wavy hair all of a sudden. Obviously I was terrified. He must have been the one messing with the door and now he was inside somehow because I failed to see him outside or something. I kept my eyes on him as I held up my bat and started yelling for my brother. The man didn't react though and took a couple of steps towards me. He seemed... Almost bored, if that's the right word. His hands were in his pants pockets and his shoulders were slouched slightly. My brother was finally starting to stir and I was feeling like we were about to have the fight for our lives until the man tilted his head back. And it was just enough to clear some of his shaggy bangs from his face. But, and I can never forget this, where his eyes should have been, they were like two rotting sunken pits. Well, at that, I screamed like I had never screamed before. My brother sprang up from the sofa all of a sudden and immediately rushed to me wondering what was wrong. I closed my eyes and dropped to my knees, covering my ears as he tried to comfort me. I don't know why I reacted like this, instead of telling him that there was an intruder in the house and to grab the bat, but the fear I felt was just so overwhelming that I couldn't control myself. When I finally did manage to tell him, he looked for the man, but told me that we were alone. There was no man. The door was still closed, and he told me that the knob felt like it always did. This was not the only time that I would ever encounter something like this, but this, this was the first time. And I just wanted to share this, so thanks for listening. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates 
in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.